This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. Very serious. Welcome to a bonus edition of Mandatory Samson Podcast, MSP 128.5, emails, and maybe some other shit. Um, joined as always by Joey. Hi, everybody. And Matt. Yay, bonus content. Uh, I hope you guys listened to the main episode, MSP 128, Paul Ryan, Nerd Bitch, uh, which I'm very happy about that uh, title. Um, and if you didn't, go check it out. But uh, I'm glad you're here if you're listening to this. So basically, we got a few emails this week. They're semi-long. There's a couple of like conversations we're going to have about it. And I figured we're already doing a two-hour regular episode. Why not do a bonus episode? Give people a little something extra to listen to if they'd like to, right? Absolutely. And it gives our, you know, our emailers the opportunity to, uh, you know, have their thoughts pulled out a little bit, you know, because we took a little break between recording the main episode and doing this. So I feel like, uh, you know, we're in a good spot here. So first email we got, and now a couple of these were over the last couple of weeks, you know what I mean? Because I, we didn't record. So I took a little while to get back to people, but I did get back to everybody and, um, Here we go. So we got an email from Jen. She says, hi, Chris, Matt, and Joey. Ooh, Jen, it's really Chris, Joey, and Matt, but I understand your point. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I've been enjoying the podcast for a while. Found you guys through the J Train podcast. Very nice. Thank you for checking us out. Um, I want to take issue with you all for something you discussed in MSP 126. All right. In the episode, you argue that abortion should not be an issue that makes or breaks candidates for the Democratic Party. You specifically commended Bernie Sanders for how he was able to overlook the fact that a candidate has a history of not only being personally pro-life, but also has a history of sponsoring pro-life legislation. You also praise Sanders for how he, quote, always goes back to the economics, the heart of the problem. I don't necessarily think that we... I said it's important to... And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong about this. I said it's important to support candidates in red states who are Democrats that maybe don't aren't checking all the Democratic boxes. But I think when it, I think we did say when it comes to something like abortion or whatever, he shouldn't be sponsoring that legislation. And yes, this guy in this case did, um, but he wasn't in off. You know, like he's not I, actually becoming the mayor of the town or whatever. I, so I think you gotta you gotta be a little more lenient that way. And then when it comes to actually sponsoring legislation, then you know. I mean, I think the way we phrased it really was, we support we support this, and we're glad it's the party line. We like I'm fully in favor of abortion, right? And she gives a lot of facts in the email. Yeah, yeah, I agree with everything you say about that, but ultimately, I think that a voter in Kansas thinks differently than I do. And if I if I agree with ninety percent of what this representative says, I'd rather have him in office, even if he doesn't necessarily support. Some, he represents his constituents. As best as, he, as best he can. Yeah, and you can't let the perfect become the enemy of the good, which in this case, you know, after mm. the Democrats are taking fucking beatings across the country, you got to just try to get some in office. Now, I think we also did say, you know, I, we, yes, definitely sometimes we take like definitive stances on things on the show, but we try to like bat around the whole argument. And yeah, I understand the argument also the other way of why have a Democrat in office if they're going to ha- espouse mostly or whatever some 
Republican position, you might as well just have the Dem- the Republican there. Mm-hmm. Joe I Lee- can hear that. The Joe argu- Lieberman problem, right? Which I can hear that argument as well. But I think in this case, you'd want you know a Democrat in office, and you'd work with him on on the. He can personally hold those. Fucking uh, Tim Kaine, personally Catholic, like against yeah. all this stuff. But he doesn't support the legislation, which I understand the, the the point Jen's making there. But all right, I just want to make that distinction. And then also goes back to the economics, the heart of the problem. At, by economics, in that context about Bernie Sanders, I was saying the economics is the influence of money in politics, the way that it impacts our elections, not necessarily the economics of the abortion issue in particular. But I think this is still worth going through this email because it brings up some really nice points. I would like to posit that abortion is not solely a social issue, but in fact an extremely important economic issue, and that it has the potential to aid in helping people out of systemic poverty. Therefore, it should be taken just as seriously as economic issues such as the minimum wage and college debt. Um, Yeah, I hear that point, and I think, you know, I think the reason why we brought up this point specifically on the show, it was a couple of weeks ago, is that this is what Democrats are talking about, which should be a very obvious Democratic Party platform that you support your pro-choice. You, you have support women's right to have make their own decisions mm-hmm. and have control over their body. And it's kind of crazy that the Democrats got themselves into a situation where that's what they were quibbling about for, for any amount of time when they used to criticize the Republicans for these social issues and you know, hot button religious issues and whatever. This is not a, the Democrats by and large as a party must support abortion rights, period. So Mm -hmm. that's really why we brought it up uh, as to why they'd be talking about it at all. It doesn't make any sense, but I completely agree. I think it's, it is an economic issue for sure. Joe, you have anything? Uh, Actually, yeah. And she Um, keeps going. There's more there. Yeah, there's more. Uh, I, I clicked on some of the links and one of the things that caught my eye was that during the recent recession, yeah, abortion rates rose right because when women feel financially ill-prepared to support the child they are more willing to get the uh, the abortion right which some can argue not some can argue, i mean well yeah i mean some would argue against it but you can argue like that's the responsible thing to do to not bring a kid into a situation where you can't take care of that kid properly yes. or you know there's there you're just going to perpetuate a system that you, you should not be perpetuating. So, or a cycle that you should not be perpetuating. So yeah, that completely makes sense. Now she continues. I'm certainly not the first to suggest this. The New York times published an opinion piece on this exact topic, which she sent the link. Uh, Gimlet media science versus podcast also recently produced a podcast discussing the facts behind abortions and it touched on the topics of how abortions or lack of access to abortions can have large impacts on the rest of a woman's life and her personal economics. Absolutely. Good podcast, by the way. It, well, we don't really acknowledge them. That's a different uh, network <laughs> mm. completely. Uh, then she says, I have attached a list of some recent studies that discuss the links between a woman's access to abortions and their mental health and economic status. Different studies, which, Joey, we all looked at. Yes. Uh, she says, to me, the most striking of those studies is the Turnaway study performed by University of California, San Francisco. Liberals. Uh, the study found most of them, and this is a quote, most of the women who were denied an abortion, 86%, were living with their babies a year later. All right. Only 11% had put them up for adoption. So now the point being, if a woman is talked out of an abortion, dissuaded from it, not allowed to have one, whatever reason is not having an abortion because of laws or whatever, um, she's going to be with that kid. It's not like the kid gets gives, you know, up for adoption or another uh, relative is taking care of the kid 
or the father or whatever. You know what I mean? It's the mom 86% of the time is going to be living with that yeah. child regardless of whatever the other situation is. Only 11% had put them up for adoption. Also, a year later, they were far more likely to be on public assistance. 76% of the turnaways were on the dole as opposed to 44% of those who got abortions. 67% uh, of the turnaways were below the poverty line versus 56% of the women who got abortions and only 48% of a full-time job versus 58 who had the abortion. So, right, you know, that's another argument that people make, um, you know, as to rationale other than moral or religious reasons why Republicans are against abortion because it is a way of keeping women in check. It is a way of saying, you know, well, no, your duty is to take care of this kid. Never mind the fact that you're not going to be working or, or pursuing a career that you want. So they are taking a number of options out of the hands of um, women in this country for the reason that they don't want abortion, which whatever, we're not going to get into the whole argument about that. But but that is certainly a factor. Uh, there's no question about it. Yeah, it's quite interesting because... You, you can't be in the workplace and watch the kid at the same time. Well, and that also, by the way, like that factors in. It's a very popular left-wing thing to be like, women make 70 cents on the dollar as compared to a man. It act, the, the, A factor in that actually, though, is maternity leave, child care. Like yeah. women tend to, doesn't mean all women, but women tend to work less than men because of those factors, because they have to take care of a kid, because... They are pregnant because and, maybe and they have to go, you know, they have bed rent or whatever it is. Well, and if you take maternity leave, if you take a year or two off to re to raise a child, right. you're going to miss out on the promotion. Right. It's is not, that, it's, it's not, li exactly. It's not and literally then all over that on, Joey's yeah. making a dollar and I'm a woman and I'm making 70 cents. So, so I mean, it it's over the course of your career is when that, that's what gets lost in the shuffle and, there. Until we can, I mean, ultimately we, in, to fix that, we also need free day, free day, oh, daycare, 100%. so, so yes. women can go work. We need to access to uh, abortion. I mean, yeah. that's a reality. I mean, and I, so I agree with everything in this email, yeah, except for the how you play politics. Yeah, and that's whatever. But I think she's more taking. I yeah. think she was just taking more offense or whatever you want to say to how we kind of uh, praise Bernie for the economics argument. While this is clearly an economic, but I think we were just kind of maybe you got confused about. I mean, what we're, we're talking class purposes. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, this is a great, great email. Um, when a woman is denied the abortion she wants, she is statistically more likely to wind up unemployed on public assistance and below the poverty line. Another conclusion we can draw is that denying women abortions places more burden on the state. Right. Because of these new mothers increased reliance on public assistance program. A hundred percent. Right. So simultaneously, conservatives and Republicans will be like anti-abortion, but then they'll also be, well, we got to get these people, uh, you know, poverty is a state of mind. <laughs> yeah. She's right? got to work hard yeah, yeah, and watch I'm, that I'm, kid I'm at the same I'm time. I'm imagining this kid needs formula. Right. Yeah. And diapers. Yeah. I find it fairly hypocritical. She says, and she puts in parentheses. I mean this in the least offensive way possible. Yes. That you will hold politicians to such a high moral standard when it comes to something such as accepting money for speeches. But when it comes to actual policy, what matters the most, in my opinion, and supporting a woman's constitutional right to privacy and ability to make decisions with their own body and future, you can see that there should be some leniency for the sake of furthering the liberal agenda. But I think you can all, I get your point, and I don't take offense as I complete, you can call me a hypocrite or call us hypocritical for something we said. That's totally fine. But I think I could also make the argument that, yeah, maybe if we're being a little lenient on that one issue or just 
not even that we are, but say we were for the sake of argument, say we are being lenient on that one issue, you're still going to be better off policy-wise with a Democrat in office, regardless of the abortion issue, as opposed to a Republican in office. When it comes to, like you said, uh, you know, child care, yeah. different things like um, public assistance even, you know, if you leave that on the table. So there's a, there's a few things that I think you'd be better off with regardless, but I completely understand the point you're making. You guys have anything else or we'll just wrap it up? I think we're good to wrap that one I mean, up. I, I just think it's like if you agree with someone 90% is better than agreeing with someone 10%. Yeah. So it's like you go with – you're never going to find someone perfect. You got to deal with the – politics is a messy game. I guess. I mean because I bet we did this – I did the same thing anyway with Hillary. I wouldn't vote for her. But again, if I lived in Ohio, I said I would. You know what I mean? If it mattered, yeah. I would have. I would have swallowed and fucking voted for Hillary. Yeah, you would have. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she says, while that may sound harsh, I still really appreciate the podcast and love how you guys facilitate conversation and critical thought. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on the matter regards. Jen, Jen, thank you. I Yeah, thank you, Jen. It's a wealth listen, it's a well thought out email. You presented your argument. You act you a hundred percent make sense with what you're saying. Like we don't take offense to that. And, it's uh, not like you're being like, you guys suck, you're stupid. Like you, you know, yeah. And you I, called us out. I, mean, I think we all we all essentially agree with you in yeah. the actual facts. Yeah, I think maybe, you know, so, listen, so when we're talking, sometimes we talk for 20 minutes, 10 minutes about a sub- subject, whatever. Sometimes you miss a point or you say something and then you listen back and go, oh, yeah, I could have elaborated. Or, so whatever, you heard heard it that way and you, you took it that way. and Or you're trying, you're trying to say something and the meaning gets lost and you don't you don't hear it until you listen Which back. I think is what happened here because she quotes us and says, going back to the economic, well, what I really should have said was going back to the fundamental like issue with our democracy mm-hmm. is the money and politics, whatever. But okay, I think that's worth having on the show anyway. Jen, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. The next email we got is from Alex. He says, Chris, Joey, and Matt. And this one mm, makes me happy because there's a video clip attached to it. And I feel like I'm going to get angry. Uh, (laughs) Hold on. Wait. Let me just uh, get this clip open. Okay. Alex says, Chris, Joey, and Matt. See, he did it in the right order. Mm -hmm. No offense, Matt. No, I I understand. I'm third fiddle here. Okay. It's third mic, but if you want to... Third mic. I mean, I was actually working my fiddle for next time. (laughs) Nah. Uh, I emailed you a little over a year ago, and you read my email on the podcast. Thanks for reading the email on the air, and I appreciate your honest and respectful response. Although I am more of a conservative libertarian, I enjoy your different perspective. Thank you. We often say that's more of a compliment even than people that agree with us. Although, don't go anywhere. We love you. Uh, I like when people disagree and can still listen. That means we're doing the right thing, I think. That's the way you get things done with conversation. Uh, totally. Yes. After listening to MSP, uh, well, you know what? Now that you goddamn said that, uh, <laughs> and talking about like leaving a point out that maybe I could have made Trump <laughs> talking to Duterte and uh, Erdogan, yeah. he should talk to them. Oh, yeah. Even when he said the thing about Kim Jong-un, that it'd be an honor. Okay, maybe you don't say it's an honor, but yeah, I think it's totally now Trump. Well, he shouldn't be supporting them. Not supporting them, but Trump shouldn't be the one talking to them probably because he's a fucking dummy. But theoretically, if we had a president that should be president, yeah, definitely have a conversation. I'd be completely open to that. Well, conversation helps when you have different opinions but can find common ground. It doesn't help when you have the same opinion. You're just having a circle <laughs> jerk about killing people who are right. drug addicts. Well, that's a great point. After listening to MSP 127, I have two quick comments. First... Regardless of what you think about Ben Carson and his politics, he knows more than any of us about growing up in poverty in government housing. I'm going to tell you what, Alex, you don't know shit about how Joey grew up. Not that Joey grew up in the oh, projects wow. or government. No, but listen, I'm not saying anything, but Joey didn't grow up with uh, a silver spoon in his mouth by any stretch of the imagination, right? I mean, correct. that's not unfair. Uh, it sounds like you don't know anything about his childhood. Maybe I don't. Well, tell me. 
He was raised by a single mother who worked three jobs and they lived in government housing. Carson has said uh, that gave him the motivation to do anything and everything he could to get the hell out of there. Give him the benefit of the doubt that he wants to have a positive impact on people living in government housing since he knows their struggle. Well, we heard this quote from this week where it's like it's a state of mind, this and that. Uh Yes, Ben Carson worked hard. I don't doubt that his mother worked hard to get out of the situation that they were in. And I don't doubt that he took motivation from that. Here's the other aspect of it. Ben Carson is a neurosurgeon. He is neurosurgeon level intelligent. Yes. Regardless of what I've said about him in the past, obviously you can't be, he can be a dummy, but he can also be brilliant as far as neurosurgery is concerned. And he is. So that's an advantage. Not everybody has that. Not everybody has that. And that's not their fault. That's not an issue of motivation. It is what it is. Sometimes, like I said, Neil deGrasse Tyson was in here on Monday. Smartest guy in the room. <laughs> Doesn't mean I can't be good at things. Doesn't mean Jim Norton's not a brilliant comic, that Matt Sarah's not a high-level jujitsu black belt. Apples to apples, though, Neil deGrasse Tyson was the smartest guy in the room. No matter what I do, I'm not going to be able to understand astrophysics the way that Neil ties. I just wouldn't. I just can't. So, a little late to the game at this point. Yeah. A little late to the game anyway. But All right, so it's not, again, and I think that's an argument that Ben Carson would make, motivation, you know, struggle working hard mm-hmm. yeah but it's not a it's not a level playing not everybody is born exactly the same in terms of their mental capability whatever it's just not it's not an equal thing so you can't always say that but i understand your point ben carson obviously yeah nobody's saying ben carson doesn't have struggle but that doesn't automatically mean he understands it and how long has ben carson been away from that struggle no oh, god is like is jay-z does he still is he in tune with the struggle the same way he was in 1990? No. Now? No. no. There's a lot of people that aren't like that, right? Correct. Right, right. I'm saying yeah. like no, you know right. what I mean. Like it's not, and you know, no. I'm just saying Jay Z because that's who first popped into my head. But there's so many examples of people that like at one point were not rich. Do you think Bill Gates can really relate to when he was driving a truck to pay for the the prototypes for Microsoft? Maybe, but it's I not mean, the same as somebody in the shit now. He, he remembers it, but doesn't have the same visceral fear no. of where's, where's the next paycheck coming of from. Of course. And ultimately, yeah. It can. And, you know, it happens to fighters. I was just, We were just saying about, you know, I, I mentioned uh, Matt and whatever. We had Francis Ngannou, who's a, a heavyweight fighter with the UFC, grew up in, I want to say Cameroon, but I, mm-hmm. I, I'm remembering Cameroon for whatever reason. Grew up in Africa. Poor. I mean, really poor. Left, went to France, not speak. It is Cameroon, yeah, right? Is. Doesn't speak the language at all. Goes to France, homeless, lives on the street. Now he's very, he's a top 10 heavyweight in the UFC, just moved to Las Vegas, could end up being the champion one day. He's as hungry, right? You know, like the hunger's there still yeah. because he hasn't totally achieved. But 10 years from now, if he's the champion, he's made his money or whatever. It's a different story. You're not going to relate to that struggle the same as when you were. But okay, whatever. Then maybe that's a different point to make. But Alex continues to go. Second, I'd like to challenge your idea. And I think Ben Carson, obviously, by some of the stuff he says, doesn't fundamentally understand the nature of. Like, well, because it worked for him, it's easy to say. But there's plenty of people that have tried to do things and it's not worked well, because they're in a systemic struggle. So the thing about being a neurosurgeon is, yes, he's very smart in that specific field. That doesn't mean he's he knows anything about how to get people out of poverty. Well, that's he, he exactly got his, right. He got himself out of poverty, and the thing is, there are a lot. Well, there, but and here's the other thing: Did he get himself out of poverty? His mother. He, he just says his it, mother worked three jobs. That helps. Yeah. He, he 
I mean, is obviously really intelligent. He must have had help along the way. You don't do it on your own. And there's a lot of people that are doing it on their own, and that's well, why it doesn't work. But but sort of my, what I was going to try to say is, even if he did it entirely on his own, yeah, that's the exception, not the rule. It's, yes. it's a very rare thing for someone to be able to do that. And everyone's gonna, people are going to regress to the mean, and yep. the average person cannot break through that level of poverty without. Of like we need to be trying to support these people and give them stability so they can get their way out of that. hundred percent. All right. But anyway, okay, but uh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> because second, I'd like to challenge your ideas on the profit motive. Here we go. Specifically, how political motive is more virtuous than profit motive. Well, did we say political motive is more than profit? I don't think I said political. I think we said like, I think we were essentially extolling the virtues more of government working for the people as opposed yes. to working for profit it's not political political people are pieces of shit too of course yeah, they can't be i mean politi- playing politics is a stupid yeah. game it's it's we want civil servants we want public servants right that's a different thing but we, anyway we want them to be the politicians right he goes the last email i sent in <laughs> i attached this milton friedman video but mentioned you didn't watch the video well that's true <laughs> uh it is only two and a half minutes here we go please watch this video i'd really like to hear you take on it because i can't factually dispute what friedman says regards alex alex thank you i appreciate it and uh we're gonna listen to this milton friedman it is two minutes and 24 seconds we're gonna listen to it right now a while ago, I don't know what the hell's going on in the situation, but it's just Milton Friedman being interviewed by somebody. And I'm going to be honest, I already listened to it. It already annoyed me, but we're going to... We'll there we go. It. See around the globe, the maldistribution of wealth, the, the desperate... But it does look like it's shot in, like, the Monty Python set. So it's a while ago. They're yeah, it's a long time ago. Okay. ...plight of millions of people in underdeveloped countries. Uh, when you see so few haves and so many have-nots... When you, when you see the greed and the concentration of power with it, don't, aren't you ever, did you ever have a moment of doubt about capitalism and whether greed's a good idea to run on? Well, first of all, tell me, is there some society you know that doesn't run on greed? This is his thesis, that societies run on greed. I mean, I think, he, I think in the video he gets to sort of an interesting definition of greed, as I recall. It's not, it's... People have desire, and it's people. That's what pushes people forward. Which there's some truth in that. I sort of believe that a certain amount of selfishness drives you forward, but that doesn't inherently mean it's at the expense of others. Right. You think Russia doesn't run on greed? You think China doesn't run on greed? What is greed? Of course, none of us are greedy. It's only the other fellow who's greedy. <laughs> I, I always hate when people do that because it's like he assumes I'm not greedy. I'm literally not greedy, Milton. So, so like his little basis, they're like, I'm not a greedy person, Joe. You've known me my whole life. You're not would greedy. you would you describe me as greedy? In fact, I'm very giving. Yes, like you're not you know? greedy. Okay, I'm greedy. Are you? Hence the extra weight I've been putting. You on. little bastard! Oh, you're so cute. I know. This the world runs on individuals pursuing their separate interests. The great achievements of civilization have not come from government bureaus. Einstein didn't construct his theory under order from a from a, a bureaucrat. The the American railroad was not built. Uh, oh no, it was built by Japanese slave labor. Oh. You see, I th- uh, the 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 entirety of America was built on the backs of slaves. He li- it's interesting that guys like this leave that stuff out. First of all, he brings up Einstein. Do you re- do we really believe that Einstein was motivated by greed? Is that what you think motivated Einstein? Now, Albert Einstein, right. He was not motivated by greed. 
I don't think that's true. I keep bringing him up. Neil deGrasse Tyson is sitting in here. Doesn't strike me as the type of guy that's driven by greed. He's driven by wonder. He's driven by uh, curiosity. Yeah. I don't think it's greed. It's interesting, though, that the economics guy thinks that, which makes sense. Mm. Well, I mean, I, I agree to some extent in the sense that, like, in that, in that part of the clip, he does, does sort of define greed as not more of like, oh, things are based on self-interest. I'm doing this as self-interest. If I want to be a scientist in my life, I'm going to spend, I'm going to put myself first. But that's I'm not gonna... what he's saying. Don't, don't change his way. He said what he said. Let's take him at what he says. Let's, let's hear it. Of civilization have not come from government bureaus. Einstein didn't construct his theory under order from a, from a, a bureaucrat. Henry Ford didn't revolutionize the automobile industry that way. In the only cases in which the masses have escaped from the kind of grinding poverty you're talking about, the only cases in recorded history are where they, where they have had capitalism and largely free trade. If you want to know where the masses are worse, worse off, worst off, it's exactly in the kinds of societies that depart from that. Like, like Switzerland, <laughs> like Norway, like the like all these uh, countries that we talk about that are record record levels of happiness and people are super happy and they love living there. They, those are what the, they have elements of social welfare programs, right? There, yes, there is capitalism involved, but it's like it's not purely this Ayn Randian idea that this guy is putting out. I just fundamentally disagree with, that. and he didn't. To be fair, he didn't say that. Einstein was greedy and that's what drove him. But he's saying like the government didn't do it, but it's like, okay, he benefited from things that were government produced, right? He was working in a patent office, which was run by the government. Oh, 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 oh. yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree with you more on this part where it's, yeah. I well, mean, yeah, we got to let he, him say his whole point. He, right. He's sort of saying, oh, it's a binary state. You're a communist or a capitalist. No, no look no. at Switzerland. Like these are countries are, right. yeah, they have different levels of socialism and yeah, it seems to work. Right, it does. It doesn't seem to work. It works, and it actually. Because here's the thing: define work. He's saying the system works. Yeah, but there's some. The question was, what about all this income inequality? And his answer was like, listen, that's what makes people great. Like, yeah. no, but that's not the. No, no, no. I mean, he's asking you about like how do you rectify that? And he goes, you don't. He essentially what he's saying is, you don't. You don't. There's losers and there's winners in a society. It's Ayn Rand. Trump, Atlas that's, Trump. That, that's Trumpian philosophy. Right. Winners and losers. Exactly. But that's not, ha- we, that's obviously from an economic person, a guy that mm-hmm. studied that. He's dedicated his life to that. It's just mm-hmm. numbers to him. We talked about this recently, and I don't remember what it was, but it's inter- It's like a kid's book where one kid has this power, one kid has this power, and they assume that their power is going to be the thing that solves the problem. In reality, you're going to have to work together to yeah. kind of figure out what this It's not just economics, it's not just. That it's humanism. It is spirituality. It is caring about each other. The, like that sounds like nonsense, maybe to some people, maybe to Milton Friedman. But the reality is, we're not slaves to this economic system. The economic system, no doubt about it, has created a tremendous amount of wealth. It's also created a tremendous amount of poverty. It's also created a tremendous amount amount of welfare. Or not there's welfare. Dis- disparity. Uh, there's a lot of... Yeah, wealth disparity across the globe. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's part of it. So that the record of history is absolutely crystal clear. That there is no alternative way so far discovered of improving the lot of the ordinary people that can hold a candle to the productive activities that are unleashed 
by a free enterprise system? But it seems to reward not virtue as much as ability to manipulate the system. Uh, and what does reward virtue? You think the uh, communist commissar rewards virtue? See, it's, it's that straw man. The, you watch this shit and you go, oh, that's where the, all these cunts got it from. Like, he goes, but it seems like capitalism rewards the ability to manipulate the, the system. system. And he goes, you think Putin? What? That's not what we're talking about. Answer the question. Fuck. That's the problem. Yes. Like, I, I hate when people just, whoop, straw man. Whoop. No, we're going to, no, I'm not going to answer your question. And you can see it. You can hear it. I don't know what year this is. 80 something. Yeah. Sounds like what they're talking about today. They don't answer the question. Answer the question. He doesn't answer the question. He goes, well, you think, you think the communists do that? Oh, so you're saying we're no better than communists? The communists you supposedly yeah. hate? Oh, okay. You think a Hitler rewards virtue? Yeah. Actually, yeah. Hitler probably rewarded virtue more than you do. What did I tell you? <laughs> Stay away from the Hitler. No, but do you understand what I'm saying? Do you yes, think if, do I you think it. Hitler was the type that was like not results oriented type of guy? <laughs> you think, excuse me, if you'll pardon me, do you think American presidents reward virtue? I certainly do. Look at Bannon. You give pardons. Geisner, yeah. Do they choose their appointees on the basis of the virtue of the people appointed or on the basis of their political clout? No, well, it depends. It depends. Yeah. But And because they don't, right, maybe they don't. That doesn't mean that government is bad. It just means we need to get better people in the government. We need to figure out a way to make that the case. We have control over that. And also, I hate when people go, do they? Well, maybe they don't, but maybe they should. And also, there's a reason why you appoint certain people to individual posts. Not every skill set, you know, not every person is going to have the skill set required for a certain position. Yeah, like maybe a neurosurgeon shouldn't be running HUD, for example. Is it really true that political self-interest is nobler somehow than economic self-interest? Political? See, there's the difference. I'm not talking political. I'm talking government when we talk about it. We have control over that. This guy's, and whatever, it's a video. It's not like Alex is saying this, but there's a big difference between politics, government, and economics, right? Or, or whatever, the free yes. market capitalism. Politics and government are two completely different things. Most of the time, I'm talking about government. We talk about politics. That was what we talked about in the last email. We were talking about that's a political thing more than it is government. And I'm with uh, Jen on the government side of things I'd rather not have a guy in there that's going to support abortion politically it makes sense to support a democrat in a red state that's the difference and that's the argument that Friedman's making here where he's going politics no we're talking about government politics is capitalism and way more now than it was even when he was talking about it but it is that yeah. can you afford to have the ads on TV can you afford a politician can you afford lobbyists that's capitalism corrupting government essentially through politics and a, a good work a well-working government has less politics in it absolutely yeah and is able to lay down a real road road map or real regulation on the free market to continue to let it work correctly so, jp morgan if you go back and look that documentary i'm always talking about new york a documentary film there jp morgan was the one that spearheaded um you know, uh, Wall Street regulation and all that stuff. He was a firm believer. He was like, we need rules. He's like, once yeah, we put the rules in happen. place, we can play, but we have to have these rules because otherwise it's going to run them up. He was way for regulation. You know, I think you're taking a lot of things for granted. And just tell me where in the world you find these angels who are going to organize society for us. Well, I don't even trust you to do that. 
Now, you know, the other thing, it's like, this guy, you're taking a lot for granted. He acts like he somehow created the idea of being rich, you know, or making money. Like, he understands how the system works, but this, just because you understand the way the system works doesn't mean that it's perfect. But he's acting like, you should be thanking me. Like, we created capitalism. You know, like, he, he's one of those guys. It's like, you weren't there at the start, buddy. You're there now. You understand it. You know how to manipulate it. That's fine. But I'm not part of that. I have nothing to do with Milton Friedman. I benefit, of course, from capitalism because I live in a capitalist society. I have a job. I get, you know, mm -hmm. but I think we need to put the right restrictions in place to make sure that it works for the most people. And yeah, definitely poor people benefit from some of the spoils of capitalism. But I think you're relying in a lot of ways then on... Um, the kindness of strangers. You're talking about charity. You're talking about different foundations and whatever. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Those do exist, but wouldn't it be just way better if we could close that gap a little bit and you don't have to do any of that because people just have a basic standard of living. I don't know. He, he bounces all over the place. So I'm kind of bouncing all over no. the place, but I just fundamentally disagree with them that greed is the primary driving force in the way that most people are motivated. It might so, be that way in the industry he's in, but I don't think by and large that's the way. Do you think, like, I don't know, whatever band, like, gets up in the morning and they're like, we got to make that money? <laughs> no, I don't think so it's greed. Laz does. Right? So, can I just, like, to reconcile what I've been saying in this whole email, it's, like, I do believe that I'm going to be, like, I put my self-interest first with my day-to-day -day life. I try to make my life the best. I want to be successful myself first. There's greed in that. There is selfishness in trying to put myself above others. But that, I wouldn't describe that as greed. That's greed? It's, that you want I, to be fine? I mean, I think try, I, I think it is a personal... The personal driver is, yeah, I want to I want to make money. I want to do this. I want to, have, I want to be comfortable. That's a personal driver. There's a certain amount... I, I, I think greed... But that's not greed. Yeah, I, I, I define it more as a little bit of selfishness, whereas greed is seeking excess. Yeah, seeking it's not selfish to want to succeed, to do well for yourself. But the, the, you know, but but, but the, I don't think you're doing that at the expense of somebody. Exactly, and the but the motivating force is still you're looking out for self. You're you're putting yourself first. That's that is the motivating force for most people is the drive. If you don't have the drive to live the best life you can, then you're not gonna. That is that's what drives people. I don't think, Ex and you have to not have that in government. I think it makes it very convenient for a guy like Milton Friedman and people of his ilk that, you know, want you to believe that, listen, everybody else is doing it. If, if you're not doing it, you're going to get left in the dust. Like, what are you, crazy? Blah, blah, blah. No, it's not crazy to live a life where you, you definitely you can look for your own good opportunities and try to be successful mm -hmm. without, you know, fucking other people over or without thinking about how it affects other people and trying to help them along the way as well. He's making it seem again, it's this Ayn Rand sort of individuals working hard to get and everybody will get there. No, it is not possible because well, you're using the shit that is put in place by other people to begin with society in general. It's, it's a society. It is a culture. It's you're part of the bigger thing. And broadly, I mean, even more broadly than that, this is all fucking made up. Yes. Milton Friedman. Those are made up fucking sounds that we make we're in space buddy we don't know how we got here but you're gonna you're gonna freak out about free market capitalism smoke some smoke some weed bud um he's dead but is he dead he's dead I think oh dead. my god they're all dying um but his ideas live on 
A major issue, no, though. He died in 2006. Son He's been dead bitch. a while. Oh, I missed yeah. it. I wanted to slap that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Damn um, it. I was trying to get him on the show. <laughs> but a good point is the exploitation of others. And that is, he didn't even mention that. Because the whole mm. system yes. is based in the fact that it's a system not based on the fact that we're individual human beings with ideals, needs, and wants. It's based on the fact that everything is interchangeable and the parts don't matter. Right. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Derek Jeter, icon, uh -huh. right? Yankee shortstop. Yes. One of my favorite things that Jeter said was, there's only one shortstop in the Yankees. You know, like, there's only one person that can hold that job at one time. Yes. And Jeter was, well, whatever, however many years he played. Say 10 years. It's probably more than that, but whatever. What if you worked as hard as possible your whole life and you get there and you're like, I want to be the shortstop of the Yankees. And Derek Chater's already there. Yeah, you're not going to get that job. Doesn't matter how hard you work. Nope. Doesn't matter free market, whatever. Like, Derek Jeter's the shortstop. Unless you're going to hit 340, you know, but even then, you're still not going to get it. So it doesn't matter. That's not even rewarding. No. Do you know what happens in real life in that situation? What? They get the best shot stop in the game to go to third base. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you're going to be a third baseman, pal. You're going to be a third baseman, you're not gonna pal. You're going to be a shortstop, but yeah. Even though you're, you're probably a better shot stop, yeah. we're going to put you at third. Yeah. Um. All right. Anyway, I don't know. Did we answer what was his question? I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. I just fundamentally disagree with these guys sometimes. And I understand their point of view, but... Also, for the record, Friedman was born in 1912, so if he were alive today, he'd wow. be old as fuck. Yeah, old AF, bro. Uh, all right, well, whatever. Rest in peace, Milton Friedman, then. Hopefully you're up there doing whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, uh, the one thing I was thinking about, too, is the fact that if you look... At everything uh, on a time scale, capitalism in itself hasn't been around that that long, either. We're we're, we're talking the late 1700s and all that. Yeah, with well, Adam Smith and, and pure capitalism and all that. Yeah, of course. Well, and again, I've made this argument. I don't believe we live in a purely free market. And he said close to free market, but we don't live in a totally free market system. No way in how uh, at all. So let's not pretend that 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 exists either. A lot of these guys live in this fantasy world of. But I, I'd be honest with you, if it was a total free market system, I think things would be much worse, though. I agree. I, 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 I think the, the level of greed and... Well, it depends on how you're measuring it. Things would probably be true. better just in pure terms of like how much money was being produced. I said it earlier in, in the other episode. Like, Yeah, things are probably the best they've ever been in terms of for corporations. The amount of money. The yeah. stock market, and, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. The Dow went over 10,000, all that shit. But income inequality is also the worst it's ever been, too. So don't doesn't it isn't it obvious that those two things go hand in hand? Apparently not. Apparently not. All right. It's just because people have gotten lazier. Yeah. Fucking lazy serfs. It's a state of mind. Work hard. Um. Listen, Alex. I appreciate the email. Feel free to write back in. Honestly, I mean, we can keep this going. I'm happy. Uh, final email. You ready to get into this? Yes. This is from Evan, Joey, Matt, and the 888. I love it. I love how different, every, every email yeah. had a different order of the names. <laughs> yeah, well, he was saving it to call me 888. No, I, I got it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, love the podcast, you guys. I can't get enough of Man Sam's... Oh, listen to this guy. It's Man Sam's yeah, soothing voice. I wonder, wow. why you, I wonder why you're reading this email. I mean, I have no idea. 888, soothing <laughs> voice. He sounds like a jazz radio station <laughs> DJ. Oh, my God. This guy knows what's up. Are you writing your own emails, Chris? Like, really? Come <laughs> no, on. I don't have the time. Uh, but in regards to you three supporting protesters blocking free, uh oh, here we go, blocking freeways, roads, and airports, I can't disagree with you more. 
I completely support the First Amendment and believe in the marketplace of ideas. Every idiot should be allowed to spout their ideas to see if it holds up to scrutiny. All right. However, your right to protest isn't extended to blocking lanes of transportation. Disagree. Uh, the only exceptions are when they are permitted ahead of time, like with the Women's March, where they shut down whole city blocks. Even then, the freeway ramps were guarded here in Los Angeles. All right. I've had this debate with a couple of my fair, far leftist friends. <laughs> far leftist. How, uh, f- like, when, when someone says, like, like far left. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, how, how far left? Well, left, I think. Uh, and their opinion echoes yours in that they're fine with blocking free because, one, they agree with the cause, therefore, two, the ends justify the means. Well, no, that's not. Whether I agree with the cause or not, I support your right to do it. When the fucking Bundy, even the Bundy Ranch thing. That was fucking unbelievable. I, I was like, as long as they're not killing it, like the gun thing. Yeah, I know. The gun thing is tough. But I was supportive of that. I think by and largely, I was yeah, like. Yeah, you were. Yeah. All right. I get what you're doing. I, I consider them more terrorists than protesters. Because when you, of the when guns. You, when, you bring guns but... when you bring armed forces into it, yeah. Right. But even then, I was like. And, when you, and they were threatening lives. They were. Definitely. That, that's when you become a terrorist, not The only a person got killed there was, uh, what's his face? His name I can't remember, but he got shot. On uh, the road. It was on Ani Arnold. No, I have to think. <laughs> I don't know. I was kind of. I, I would have been shocked if you were able to just pull that out. I don't remember either. But okay. Uh, you guys said you're okay with the Westboro Baptist Church protesting because you quote walk right by and ignore them. Matt said that. Uh, <laughs> but could you ignore them if they were blocking a freeway? No, but I, I, I didn't say that. I'm saying the people that they're protesting when they go, God hates fags or whatever. Mm-hmm. The soldiers they're protesting their funerals. You'd have to see them if your relative was a soldier, but they have the right to. That's unfortunate. Yeah. But you are going to encounter them. I, I don't think I said that. I believe Matt said that. But in any event, it's okay. Yeah, I, th- I said something about Westboro Baptist Church having the right to protest. No, I, I'm saying about you could walk right by and ignore them. Maybe you can't ignore them, but that doesn't matter. That's the point. I'd of probably flip them off, but that's fine. Free speech. Uh, you can't just slide your cars past protesters blocking a road. Well, in Minnesota, you can hit them if you want. <laughs> or Oklahoma, I forget where it was. Uh, and there lies the difference between protesting on the sidewalk and protesting on a freeway. In L.A., we all vote Democratic. Well, oh, in L.A., yeah, okay. And yet a bunch of anti-Trump protesters jumped on the 110 and stopped traffic. Who are they yelling at? Fellow uh, Angel- Angelinos who probably agree with them? What's the point of protesting on the freeway? The point of protesting on the freeway is because it's annoying. And it makes you pay attention to it. That is the yes, point. Yes, it raises awareness to your cause, right. which would not spread if you're protesting just on a sidewalk by itself. Right. Is it to win over people to your side, or is it simply to get on the news? I don't know. A little bit All of, of those are good, right? If the goal is to get on the news, mission accomplished, but is this really the best way to advance your cause? Maybe. Yes. Are viewers at home going to feel more sympathetic to you? Maybe. <laughs> What's more likely reaction from someone stuck in traffic? Yeah, they're going to get pissed off. You're right. Yes, you go, guys. I hate Trump, too. Or, man, fuck these people. It's probably, man, fuck these people. But by and large, the people affected by the traffic are not... If it gets on the news, you've reached a much larger audience than the people that you fucked on the highway. Yes. I'm not saying it's even the most effective thing to do. I'm just saying they should be allowed, They can what? do it. I mean, I, you know, like, maybe you're right. Maybe you are right. Maybe the better way is to get the permit, be on the sidewalk, whatever... Fine, but I still think that that's not something that's criminal. I think they should be allowed to do it. Well, the question comes down to what are you protesting? Right. Well, no, it doesn't come down to that. Well, and if we were in Norway, we were, if we were in Switzerland, where there's a happy government, a well-working government doesn't have as much political unrest. This is a demonstration of the fact that the government, like, we're trying to show, show the government that you're not doing your job. Yeah, but that's, you know what? But that's not even true, though. I think if you look, I mean, there's, to it, an it's extent. Much, there's not, 
is much less to an extent you're right but but there is often they might not be massive protests but i think in a lot of uh european countries particularly the scandinavian countries there's plenty of protests and they're out there quite often they're actually much more politically involved which is why things stay good because <laughs> they stay on top of it. We wait until it's a fucking crisis. That's how we operate with healthcare as well. Blocking freeways and airports is definitely illegal. Is it definitely illegal? It depends. Depends mm-hmm. on the circumstance, right? Depends how many people you're going to lock, throw up and throw in jail. Right. And in my opinion, immoral, different argument. Is it illegal for the same reason? It is. It's illegal for the same reason. You can't run on the freeway right now, dodging traffic for fun. You might die, cause a massive pile up, and stop traffic. If I took a sign denouncing Amazon for killing every retail store and jumped on the highway by myself, you would call me a suicidal idiot. Yes. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you run across, if you're, if you're just by yourself, right, you're gonna get hit. If there's ten thousand of you, then we'd be like, whoa, big protest. <laughs> well, it's like I can't drive through. This is gonna destroy my right, car. One right. person. It's, but like yeah, a, it's like hitting a deer. Of course. No, no, but you have to define what the protest is. For example, in this case, let's say it is about the retailers. So now they have families that they can't feed because they don't have jobs. So now when you get the whole families out there and protesting, it's a different argument. Absolutely. You're right. That's a good point. Um, shit. Oh, obviously I'm not in favor of the Republican lawmaking uh, illegal to intentionally hit people on the road, but pedestrians aren't allowed on the freeways for that reason. Well, okay. And despite ripping lawmakers for wanting to make it legal to hit protesters, you're fine with emergency vehicles stuck in a blocked freeway. I'm not fine with it. It sucks, but it's a reality in a certain extent. Listen, is there a law that says you can't protest on a freeway? I would have to go to the books. We'd have to look at it. Probably, right? probably ordinances. Probably ordinances or whatever. But okay, you can get a permit to do it. I think. And if if you can't, but that again, that's the point of a pro- you have the right, the right to peaceably assemble, the right to protest came before we had freeways. Yes. So that supersedes the freeway, in my opinion. And I don't like the idea that a government is responsible for telling you when and you when you can and can't protest. Of course, because that's who you're goddamn protesting, right? Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like oh, let's have this protest where we want it to be. Right. No, fuck you. I'm no, gonna no, protest. No. They're can, supposed to be inconvenient. That's the point. You can only protest at six a.m. on a Sunday morning. Okay, yeah. that's well, the that's only it. time in the designated protest zone. Yeah. Oh, that shit. <laughs> please, please see yourself to the free speech zone on the right. <laughs> back in the uh, day, Arrested Development did the be- that the best back in the Bush days. Why? What was I love Arrested Development? When they, so when they like they're trying to protest the war in Iraq, and he's like, "Oh, you get to stay in this cage." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yes. like six miles away from where anything's going Dude, on. That's the best. It's coming back for fifth season. I, I hope it's good. Hopefully the fourth the, one was not good. Well, uh-huh. that was because all the actors couldn't be together at the same time. Hopefully, they're getting them all all together now. Yeah. Well, just do, my I, I keep saying this to people around me. It's probably annoying them, but it's like they're rebooting Roseanne. They're bringing Roseanne back. They're bringing Will and Grace back. They're doing all this stuff. I would love five more Mad Men episodes. But don't do it as a continuation of where the show left off. Plug in five episodes in between the seasons. Uh, yes, so that way, just come up with a new. Oh, you have current storylines you could draw from too. Right, but just, just, just Don got a new ad campaign. He's he's doing Crest. Make that just a one-off episode. I don't need you to continue. I think that's the smarter move to just fill in some gaps there. Just create a new little storyline back in the show, not. After or before the show, that's more. Oh, you know what you do. It's you, destined to be frustrating. You know what? Arrested. You can't really do it though, because the yeah. whole story is extremely fucking, you know, contiguous. I want them to bring back Terminator Salvation. I don't want to do this. I I brought it up. I want my Terminator show that Fox canceled back. 
All right. And despite ripping lawmakers for wanting to make it legal to Sarah hit Chronicles. You're fine with emergency vehicles being stuck in a blocked freeway? So an innocent person might die when any group with p- enough people decides to block the road arbitrarily? That doesn't make sense. It does make sense. You know it makes sense. It might not be fair, but it makes sense. One life for a thousand lives? <laughs> uh, no, I get I get your point. Of course. It's unfortunate. But I again, it's not a, it's not a black and white no, it's to not. me. It's just not. So I'm for legal protesting of any kind. No vandalism, no violence, and no obstruction of roads without a permit. I, I agree. Ideally, there's no vandalism or, or violence, but shit happens, man. <laughs> but, uh, but right. But the, the ideal should be zero violence, zero yes. vandalism. Absolutely. But the point was, was the individuals that took to the freeway did not feel that the voices were being heard. So that's why they started protesting on the freeway. Yeah, well, sure. I mean, listen, if you got enough people to go down and shut the freeway down, then, you know, there, there's something happening, right? If there's smoke, there's a fire. But even if there's not, even if they're totally wrong, they're like, we demand fat-free mayonnaise. Like, all right, you got a thousand people to go do that, then whatever. It's annoying. Definitely. That's annoying. That would be an impressive protest if, that, if you could gather that. Absolutely. Chris Christie's organizing it. Uh, <laughs> no, he, he doesn't have anything fat-free. <laughs> Uh, rim job <laughs> rim shot yeah, yeah whatever you, <laughs> give Christy a rim job uh, oh god <laughs> oh, oh Jesus uh, he goes I'll admit I'll give a lot more leeway to uh, ecological protests because at least in the case of protecting a forest or stopping a pipeline from being built the protest is directly making him oh you fucking hippie <laughs> I don't know where this guy's coming from Evan <laughs> he's like listen I'm not for blocking a freeway. But we're going to save the trees. Save the trees. Yeah. <laughs> you are so confusing. <laughs> no, I get, I get your point. Uh, right. It may not be technically legal, but at least the only people they're screwing is the company or government that they're physically blocking. But no, but you're not. Oh, I see what you're saying. If you're blocking a pipeline, whatever. Yeah. But it's, I mean, you can't agree with one of those and disagree with the others. I mean, well, you can, all, but, you know. But it's a little I, hypocritical, I think. It could be. I don't know. I, I, I get what he's saying, but because one is like a direct impact on the thing you're protesting but yeah but there's a lot of people that admit melted freedman be like get the fuck away from that tech we got to make this <laughs> capitalism work uh when you block a freeway you're only screwing innocent people who just want to get home sometimes there's some fucks in there one of them deserve your it. protest how about this buddy what if it's a black lives matter protest mm-hmm. and you stopped a bunch of racists in traffic Huh? What if a KKK member's driving home? Well, now he's pissed off. To be fair, they'll probably just gotcha. They'll probably just get more mad at the black people then. That's true. I guess you're. I right mean, that just co- that just makes them. Yeah. What if the person you're protesting against is your boss, and you're making him sit in that car? Yeah. What if you're protesting the minimum wage? Yeah. You want the minimum wage to go up, and the fucking CEO of McDonald's is in the protest. Yeah. Wouldn't that be the, some the shit? Traffic. Now he's now he's got something to think about. Yeah. He's going to be like, Jerry? You're going to be like, fuck, it's my boss. <laughs> you got to leave. Uh, all right. P.S. I love when this comes at you. He goes, P.S. I love when bleeding heart Matt, the chemical engineer, talks about oil. He suddenly becomes way less ideological. Evan, Ooh. Evan, I love it because he did oh. it <laughs> earlier <laughs> today. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I, I, know the, I know the subject. I don't necessarily love the industry, but yeah. I know the subject. Yes, yeah, yeah. okay. I'm yeah, here not working for an oil company now. Uh, Evan, thank you very much for the email. We really appreciate it. Uh, Jan, Alex, thank you as well. Thank you, Samsonites, for listening to almost another hour of us talk this week. After we were away last week, we figured we'd give you guys a little extra content. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. I think 
you know, we'll try to find opportunities to do some bonus episodes uh, going forward. But yeah, just thank you for writing in and uh, keep them coming. Yeah, mandatory Samson at gmail.com. And we gave all our plugs in the other episode. So if you didn't get them, you get them next week. We will talk to you guys on uh, next Thursday. We love you. Thanks. This has been a Stand Up Labs production powered by digital media. Subscribe to new and archive episodes wherever you listen to podcasts and find all of our shows at StandUpLabs.nyc. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Yeah.